0: Your Xfinity Home security system can't walk the dog, but it can tell you what he does while you're not around. And it can't stop your kids from sneaking out either. But it can let you choose what real-time security alerts you receive. So you're always in control. No matter what you're doing around the house, Xfinity Home can help with a new way to customize your home security. And it was named the best professionally installed home security system by CNET. Click, call 1-800-XFINITY or demo in your local Xfinity store today. Xfinity Home. Simple, easy, awesome. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas.
1: Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. And as you probably know, Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks, but you may not know about all the other content that they have. We are offering you a free trial of Audible.com so that you can check it out for yourself. Just go to audibletrial.com businessgrowth. Over the years, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has continued to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for business, sales, leadership, uh, social media. It's really been um, quite the range. And that is because of the guests. Uh, These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Catherine Mattheis-Zundel. Catherine is CEO of Civility Partners. Clients include Fortune 500s to government to small business. She's served almost every industry you can think of. Catherine has appeared on or in NPR, CNN, USA Today, Forbes, and more as an expert and is a best-selling author author of three books. Thanks so much for joining me today, Catherine.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So it is my pleasure. And I got to tell you that I just love the name of your company. Um, Thank you. Civility. Such a great word. And, you know, so <laughs> rare. <Much> uh, needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, today we're talking about, um, the pandemic and reopening and, and really thinking beyond this idea of safety and, and really you know, thinking about uh, your employees and what it feels you know like what everyone is going through so um, as companies are reopening, how do you think they should respond when uh, their staff has uh, flexibility requests?
2: Well, I, I think that we have all be, been through some trauma and couple, you know, COVID with Black Lives Matter, there's a lot of emotions flying high. And I really do think people are probably feeling somewhat traumatized and exhausted and burnt out. And so if you can, I mean, obviously, if you can't, you can't, but do your absolute best to give people the flexibility that they need and one of the reasons that's so important in addition to you know creating loyalty for your organization if you're working with your employees to make sure it's a win-win situation but something else flexibility does is creates resilience and you know resilient people that's one of their qualities is that they're able to be flexible and you know that's that's one of the reasons they're able to get through hardships is they they're not walking on a straight line. And so I think part of our, you know, an employer's role in all of this is they're bringing people back and making sure they're physically safe. You want to make sure they're psychologically safe. You want to figure out how to create loyalty in the ways that you bring them back. But um, you're also responsible for helping your people be resilient. And so uh, flexibility is a big part of that.
1: Oh, that is so great. I love that. I, I never would have thought of it that way, but um, but then when you explain it, it makes so much sense to me that, I mean, the whole trauma thing I totally get, but this thing about you know resiliency and that flexible mm-hmm. people are resilient. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can, as employers, um, be flexible with these requests, then, then we are helping, what I'm hearing you say is that we are helping our people really be able to bounce back more easily, right?
2: Right, exactly. And so there's gotta be an ROI on the other side of that. Yeah. (laughs) In addition to just the human condition and caring about humanity, there is a business uh, reason for it as well. So yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying, yeah.
1: Okay, so can you share with me um, like some strategies for uh, maintaining like employee engagement and, and loyalty to the company?
2: Yeah, and I'm going to answer that question a little long-windedly uh, and okay. start by saying that um, where I'm coming from with all of my thoughts around reopening is that, you know, I I'm an expert in toxic work environments and rebuilding uh, culture. And so I, I go into organizations all the time and have been for years where people are really torn down. You know, the, they've been knocked down a few pegs. They're sad. They're traumatized by maybe what they've been hearing about that's been going on in the organization. And so I, I do, when I think about returning to work from COVID, I do think there's a lot of similarities in how people are feeling when I'm in a toxic work environment and, and COVID. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, because the, the feelings are the same. And so the I'm just going to share some of what I think you need to do when you're rebuilding a toxic culture, because I think it applies. So step one is to have lots of two-way communication and understand what it is that your employees need from you. And, you know, I've learned over the years that managers aren't really very uh, good at having kind of emotional conversations, you know, it's, it's all very performance based and numbers based, etc. So in addition to maybe doing some surveys or some focus groups with your employees, your managers really need to, you know, have some important conversations with their employees about what they need, how they're feeling, um, how can the manager help, And those conversations need to start at the top and go all the way down to the bottom. So that's step number one is to just, you know, have some two-way conversation and collaboration. And then secondly, once you understand what your employees need, then, you know, kind of rebuild a culture or rebuild and reopen in a way that meets those needs. And everybody talks about the new normal, but what does that even really mean? You know, so we all know probably means more Zoom meetings in the future. Um, You know, maybe there'll be more flexibility. People like Twitter are you know, basically saying we're just not going to reopen for a couple of years. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's all new normal, but what does that mean for your own organization? Yeah. So really partnering with your employees to define that new normal and work together to create the new normal. So those are my two biggest tips.
1: I really like that a lot. I, I think, um, especially in, in a situation like this, at least, um, having, giving your employees the opportunity to feel safe, Mm -hmm. being honest and, and forthcoming with how they're feeling about everything helps everyone get past it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So yeah, you you need to be able to uh, have those conversations. And it feels like what a great starting point, just because we all have been through this. It's not as if one employee is going through some sort of trauma. I mean, everyone in the world is experiencing this on some level
2: yes yeah and i i really think part of the new normal has to be making room for emotions at work and that's how you're going to get through both covid and black lives matter both of those things are very emotional and you know Prior to this, emotions at work are not okay. You're not supposed to cry at work. You know, you look like the weak link, especially women who cry. I know I've talked to many women who have cried and then they're apologizing to me about it. And I'm like, it's fine. Cry, you know, you have emotions. Um, And and so emotions have to be acceptable at work now, period. And that's got to be part of the new normal.
1: And how hard do you think it's going to be for managers to... Um, embrace that
2: I think it depends on the messaging from the top it it is going to be hard it's a real paradigm shift and so leaders at the top have to make it clear that they're okay with emotions they're interested in emotions I think that falls on HR as well to really focus on that messaging um, that it's okay to talk about emotions we want to hear about your emotions Um, and you know, so so it's got to come from the top. I do think managers are going to need some training on how to have yeah. emotional conversations based on my experience. They just aren't good at having those uh, conversations or they, they're afraid of them. Um, but one easy tip, a simple way to, to kind of start showing people you're interested in emotions is to talk about your own emotions at the beginning of a staff meeting or a one-on-one um, and kind of say, here's how I'm feeling today. How are you? And just start Um, kind of opening the door to make it comfortable.
1: Oh, I like that a lot. Are are there parameters around that, around creating room for emotions? I mean, I, I could see a lot of leaders saying, okay, hang on a second. This could get out of hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I do think there's parameters. I don't think we'll ever, and we should never get to a point where, you know, work's not a a counseling session where we're all just free to, you know, I, I had a fight with my spouse, so I'm gonna yell and be angry because you said emotions are accepted at work, you know. Um, so yeah, everything in moderation. <laughs> but at the moment uh, the scale needs to tip a little bit when yeah. it comes yeah. to emotions at yeah. work.
1: I mean I think it should anyway, right? You know yeah. Ugh, yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so, so talk to me some about wellness programs, because I'm thinking, like, this is a great opportunity for companies to in, increase employee loyalty by doing, I'm going to say better things, but, you know, who knows, but different things with the wellness programs that they're offering, so what, what's your input on that?
2: Yeah, I do think that organizations need to focus on mental health as well as physical health. And, uh, you know, a lot of organizations already have maybe an EAP or an employee assistance professional that uh, here's a number you can call if you need some counseling, but that's uh, that's great, that's a good first step, but that's a little like, here, go deal with it. I think the the organizations need to create programs that, that are creating safe spaces. So for example, um people of color a lot these days i've seen over the last few years have what they call a safe space where people of color can go and kind of talk to each other about how they're feeling and their experiences and so you could do something like that where you're you're having safe space for sort of mental health or, or around covid or around stress um and that needs to be facilitated by perhaps your eap professional or Um, you know, hiring an outside source. I know some organizations have been paying for a couple free hours of counseling, so it's not an EAP, it's maybe somebody in the the local area who can come to the office and sort of make appointments with people so that they can go and talk to them in person. Um, So, you know, doing things like that are really going to send the message that you are interested in taking care of your people and I think we we all know this, that um, how you treat your employees now and how much you show them you care about them is gonna make a big difference moving forward. They're always gonna remember your reaction to COVID and we're always gonna remember Uber for firing people over Zoom or laying people off over Zoom. <laughs> and we're always gonna remember Susan Fowler from Uber, you know, like Uber's got some real black marks that'll probably never go away. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we just have to remember that our relationship with our employees is a mutual relationship, It's we're just, no longer your exchange for your work is paycheck. It's a lot of other things that employers need to provide. And, and so it's got a, it's just, I've seen so much about physical safety and of course that's important, but we have to focus on psychological safety. So everything you're doing for physical safety, consider what do we need to be doing for psychological safety as well.
1: So I am totally on board with you. Um, I would like you to share, if you can, uh, the benefit to the company, you know, outside of reputation, but the benefits to the company of implementing these sorts of things.
2: Well, you're gonna have employees who are less burnt out if you're giving them permission to take care of themselves you're going to have higher production. If people aren't burnt out, <laughs> you're going to have better quality customer service and, and better quality work if people aren't burnt out. Um, so of course, not a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time, if you take care of people, they'll take care of you. So yeah. you're building loyalty and engagement just by treating them well.
1: And one of the things that I, I think people have to realize is, so it, it's, it's, what you were talking about before that everyone has been through some sort of trauma. And so they're bringing that uncertainty and fear and stress and all of those um, sorts of negative, you know, emotions to work with them. So if you can provide them with, you know, mental health resources, you're giving them the opportunity to relieve themselves of that, which then, as you said, you know, allows them to be more productive, focus on work, maybe even feel that at least at work there's safety
2: yeah, exactly and you know there there was always pre covid uh, stigmas around depression or mental health, and I know we've you know as a society have worked hard to try to eliminate some of that stigma um, yeah. and then I was seeing a lot of articles around stigma around if you had covid or you know stigma around people who are maybe pretty afraid of COVID versus people who aren't afraid of COVID. Everybody's got a lot of different feelings that really run the gamut. And so organizations really have to make it clear, just just like we're talking about inclusivity with Black Lives Matter. We have to yeah. make it clear that we're open to all those different feelings that run the gamut. And we have different resources for you, depending on what you know, where on the gamut you are. And um, I think, you know, leaders often really take this position of I can't show my emotions. Um, You know, I'm the I have to kind of show that I I'm keeping it together. And of course, you do, you can't, you know, be cracking in front of your employees all the time, but it's okay to show some of those feelings. I mean, I, I've been doing that with my team. Like I've even said a couple times, I'm cracking. I need to go home and take a nap or whatever. Like, I need, I need some time. Um, so it, yeah, it's okay to show that human side of you and not be so focused on just the day to day, you know, it, it's okay yeah. to, to show emotion.
1: And because it's unrealistic. To, to, I mean, then you would, I would think people would just think that you were being ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it, right. I mean, it wouldn't really engender trust because come on.
2: Th- yeah. Th- you can't build rapport if with yeah. someone who doesn't appear to have any emotions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com now audible.com as we know has thousands of audiobook titles that you can choose from but you may not know all the other stuff they have like guided meditations and audible originals and podcasts and more it's just it, it is incredible um and the cool thing is is that all that stuff is in one place so you don't have to be switching programs to get the the audio content that you are looking for you can get a free trial of audible.com so that you can check it out for yourself by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth and just a little side note when you do that check out the guided meditations they're pretty great and right now i think many of us could be using them
2: so you read my mind <laughs> that's what i was thinking
1: <laughs> right i'd so great uh, today we are speaking with Catherine Matthijs Zundal about a reopening plan centered on your employees. Okay. Um, so, so ta- I guess I'm curious about maintaining company culture through all of this uncertainty and and I'll call it unrest.
2: Yeah. So the organizations that already had a strong culture are, of course, going to um, make it through, I think, quicker. So I'll, I'll back up by saying I've been talking a lot about rebuilding. So, yes, we're reopening, but there is a level of rebuilding. And so that's, I think, how leaders need to approach this. Here's a chance to kind of assess the situation. We've all been knocked down a few pegs, things are different and let's rebuild culture. So the organizations that already had a strong culture are gonna be able to to do that much more easily. Um, And those that maybe didn't have core values or didn't have a really strong culture are gonna find it more difficult. So step number one is to take a look at your core values and make sure that you're using them to guide your decisions and behavior as a leader. That's what core values are for. Um, and organizations, I know a lot of organizations have core values, and they never really use them. They just sort of were created some years ago, and, you know, nobody looks at them. Um, I see that all the time, you know, I'll go into a toxic work environment, and it's like, where's your core values? Oh, respect is one of them? Oh, so we haven't (laughs) been living our core values, have we, you know, Um, and so core values are often seen as something that's just created, and they're part of your branding, but they're actually meant to really dictate behavior inside the organization so they are a missed opportunity if you're not using your core values Um, so i would suggest for example as you're creating your reopening plan or i'm sure many already have that plan give it the core values test you know look at it with your core values in mind and determine whether or not your core values are really showing up inside your reopening plan and that's a kind of an easy way to start Um, And then leaders really do need to lean on those core values. So when I look at civility partners core values, for example, one of them is be legit, which is about being authentic and listening to each other and communicating. Um, So that really you know is highlighted now. I, I wouldn't be a good leader if I wasn't being authentic and, and that's why I feel free to say I'm cracking, I'm going to go home early today or um, you know uh, talking to my employees. I've had one employee talk to me about needing some time off because she had her kids at home and her husband's on deployment and so you know we were able to really have these conversations and work together because we're following our core values. Um, So that, that really is step number one. Um, And then consider also, do the core values need to be revamped as you're rebuilding slash reopening? Um, That'll be part of rebuilding your culture as well. You know, do, do you need to add safety into the core values somewhere? Um, Because the way things are right now is probably going to go on for a while. Um, you know, So that, that's kind of step number one, really use your core values. And then step two uh, is to do what I do when I go in toxic work environments, which is to create a team of employees who are helping you build the culture. Um, so use that, that team of employees to help you define a new normal, use survey results to help you define a new normal, and then get that team of employees to help you build the culture. So that's the simple answer.
1: I'm so glad you just said that, because as you were talking, the thought that kept going through my mind was, you got to do it together. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the only way is to do it as a team, because, again, everyone is experiencing this thing, and, and that's part of how you identify what people need.
2: Yes. And so your team needs to be made up of uh, diversity in terms of hierarchy and departments, as well as race and gender, etc. So that uh, you have different people that can speak to the different needs of the organization, as opposed to, you know, just a bunch of leaders deciding yeah. what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, right, right. Be sort of disconnected.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of tips around, you know, building <laughs> culture. We could talk about that all day. But I, I guess the bottom line is, you know, culture is something that's tangible and, and many organizations don't understand that. And that's how it gets away from them and, and how they end up calling someone like me. Um, and so, you know, just like you would create a series of steps or a strategic plan for increasing your market share or any of the other things you're doing, you know, create a series of steps or a strategic plan for building culture. So that, that belongs, culture belongs in, in your strategic plan uh, with all those other more, you know, business types of things that we already have in our strategic plans.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot because it gives it intention. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: is there, training that employees are gonna need uh, when they start going back or as they are going back to work?
2: Yes. So you're gonna have to do your safety training, of course. Uh, At least here in my county, you're required to do training before people come back. Um, I'm sure that's the case in many places. Um, But again, it can't just be focused on safety. You've gotta focus on psychological safety. So I would recommend, giving your employees some training on resilience. And that training has to come with the messaging of, you know, it it cannot be here, I'm going to make you resilient, go to this training so that you can work harder. You know, it's, it's, (laughs) we're all in this together. We've all been through something. Let's all take training on resilience and understand how we can do that, how we can be resilient. And then the organization can facilitate some avenues to assist with people being resilient. Like we said, the, Um, You know, being flexible. Uh, Actually, another thing resilient people do is uh, create plans and execute them. So the more you can involve your employees in the plan for culture and the plan for reopening and get their assistance as you execute that plan. That's another resilience creating uh, type of activity. So, um, and also community resilient people, you lean on their community to get through hard times, so you can certainly create that inside your organization as well. Um, so yeah, training on, on being resilient and then delivering some opportunities for people to engage in resilience building activities is one. As we said, managers need training on having emotional conversations, perhaps emotional intelligence. Uh, I think everybody in an organization would do well to have some training on uh, emotional intelligence and uh, self-awareness, because a big part of getting through any sort of stress that you're feeling is to really understand where that stress is coming from, you know, be able to understand your own emotions and how you're really feeling so that you can work to resolve those feelings. Um, So, you know, again, training around emotions. So, um, yeah, I, I really think that the training needs to go beyond just that, that safety, wear your mask and be six feet apart, Um, And then you know, as the organization or this team of employees works to help rebuild the culture, then there's probably gonna be training around that as well. So if you're um, really using your core values as you should, you may need to do some training around core values and how they apply now. In fact, in our reopening plan here at Civility Partners, uh, I wrote out the core values and I've applied sort of COVID stuff to each core value so that it's very clear how our core values dictate our behavior around COVID um, and reopening. Mm. So, um, you know, doing things like that. And it, these don't all have to be big formal trainings. I can, you know, I could hear a leader saying, well, how many <laughs> trainings do we need and where's this trainer coming from? You know, these are, these are things that can be created internally that managers can be sort of delivering training in things like all staff meetings or, or their, um, their uh, department or team meetings, you know? So um, it's all about creating a plan, understanding what the new normal looks like, and then how do we get people the tools that they need to live this new normal in a, a healthy way?
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, now, elephant in the room. How should employers handle an employee if they get sick with COVID?
2: So that employee should hope, would uh, report that pretty quickly. Hopefully they would report it as soon as they know. Um, and then employers need to be contact tracing. And that, that doesn't mean, you know, um, I know some employers have really taken it pretty far to like you have to keep track of every single person you walk by and stuff. I, I wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, understanding who was there in the office with that person, for example, or who was working near them. Uh, those people need to be made aware that, hey, someone you were working with has um, COVID and uh, so you, you should go and get tested. Um, I know a lot of organizations have been having people work in teams to limit the number. So you have like the A team goes to work on Monday and Tuesday and the B team goes on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, So that you can kind of minimize interaction between people so that if someone in Group A has COVID, then only the people from Group A, you know, are having to go and get tested and, and you can sort of minimize the impact of someone having COVID. Um, you, you know, obviously you can't tell people who has COVID, but I suspect employees will talk and figure it out, so I, yeah. I'm sure there'll be many cases where that happens. So then we're back to the stigma thing, right? So employers messaging has to be very clear that they will not tolerate, you know, any sort of uh, backlash against that person. Um, that this is an inclusive welcoming accepting work environment and uh, these are hard times for all of us and uh, it's important to treat that person with respect and I, I would assume that if you've if you're any sort of good leader at all that y- you've already have a team that would not sort of backlash against COVID uh, p- someone who has COVID but um, right. I guess you never know. Well, I'm true. still shocked all the time when I mean, I've been in HR for a long time and I'm still shocked by things that I hear. Oh. Um, but yeah, you you obviously want to make sure people are being respectful of each other. And and then we're back to that, you know, that you have people who don't want to come to work because they're afraid, then that's yeah. okay. And we're just in a place right now where you just have to be okay with that.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you just said that because I think that's, it just feels like it's been such a weird, tricky thing where, you know, some people are accused of um, being slackers, you know, and taking advantage of the situation, and um, and other people have, you know, genuine fears about it. They they might have people with immune uh, compromised immune systems in their families and. Mm-hmm. And what not or you know that their kids are still home or are not going to be going back to school full time It feels yep. like th- this thing is it, it, everything is so interconnected that we have to be understanding and flexible and tolerant
2: absolutely that 's absolutely right um, and it's it 's hard you know my so my mom comes over every day to take care of my one year old And so that makes me more cautious than maybe I would be if she wasn't coming Uh over every day because Uh she's older. She's 77. So, um, and then I saw someone that um, is in my networking group on 4th of July. She's got a picture of herself out with her friends. She's not wearing a mask, you know, so Um, that's the kind of stuff where you go, gosh, I really wish you were wearing a mask. And now I know definitely to stay away from you. And, uh, (laughs) there's just, you know, but obviously she's fine and she's not worried about getting COVID, but, um, yeah, everybody just feels so differently. And I, I think, um, black lives matter sort of circles into this because that is all about, you know, creating an environment where everybody feels like they belong and, Um, Covid is that same token of like we everybody has to feel like they belong no matter what their feelings are about Covid. Um, yeah, it's this is a weird time. No Gosh, doubt about It,
1: it. <laughs> is. And so let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a minute because because it isn't just Covid. It it is that this um, you know social unrest. Uh, things are changing. Thank God, uh, in my opinion, you, you know that that we're but but are there things employers can do to or should they are there things they should do to facilitate conversations and dialogue
2: yes um so first i'll say there here's something employers should not do do not send out an email that says we support black lives matter we don't tolerate discrimination and then just just leave it. Like, don't, don't send that email out unless you're actually going to follow through. So the problem with that email, because I've seen a lot of them, and that's why I want to bring it up, is that um, when you say Black Lives do matter, we don't tolerate discrimination, and then you leave it at that, and you don't follow it up with any action, you are making yourself look bad, because (laughs) Black Lives Matter is not just about police brutality it's not just about overt discrimination and harassment it's about the systemic social problems you know there are deep ingrained problems in our society for example uh, lots and lots and lots of research on the fact that people who have kind of a uh, african-american name on their resume get less callbacks period end of story there's no research article i've ever read that says any different so that's the kind of stuff that black lives matter is about really yeah. you know and so when you just say i don't tolerate discrimination in black lives matter you're missing the point and yeah. so it, it makes you look bad um and i've had some of my clients where the i've been trying to Kind of poke on the leaders a little bit you got to start moving in a certain direction with this well i'm not racist everybody knows i you know i'm not a racist well that's not what i'm saying nobody's saying right. you're a racist um i'm saying you have to participate in the social movement here because it's the right thing to do so with that said um one thing that white people tend to do and i and i'm white um is that uh they sort of say, oh my gosh, there's a problem. It hurts me that black people are hurting. Let me fix it. And let me do some stuff. So we're going to do a diversity training or, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, they, they start like taking action without really taking a step back and analyzing the situation first. So um, really the first thing leaders need to do is spend some time discovering. And communicate about the fact that they're doing that, so it doesn't look like they're not doing anything. You know, so it could be, you could be sending out an, an email, for example, or saying at your all staff meetings, um, right now we need to really understand what's happening and what role we play in what's happening. I'm doing some research, or I have a, a culture team who's doing some research, and and we're going to really understand a plan um, and really create a clear and tangible plan that you can um, sort of measure and monitor before just jumping in. So I've been getting a lot of requests mm. for a diversity training. It's like, well, I don't want to do that training unless you. it's part of a bigger picture plan. Yeah. Um, So, so that's the first step. And, you know, certainly if you have employees who are uh, actually any person of color, it doesn't just not just black, but, you know, figure out a way to talk with them about how they're feeling and they may not want to tell you anything. They, they may, um, feel like I've been spending my whole life educating white people. I'm done. I don't want to tell you how I'm feeling or what I need. And that's okay. There's some people who feel that way. There's others who are very happy to tell you how they're feeling and what they need. So um, you're going to get both ends of the spectrum on that, but um, that's a good start as well. What, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to your Black employees about their experiences in your workplace. They're going to tell you things that have happened that you're going to be appalled by, and it's not because anybody was purposely discriminating against them or going out of their way. It's just that you know, it's our implicit bias at work. Um, so they, you know, you've got to figure out what are they going through and then what do I need to do to resolve that and make them feel like they belong?
1: Wow. That's really great. Thank you so much for that. I I really think, uh, it's, it's really a time to listen Mm -hmm. without any preconceived ideas. Just listen. Cause the one thing that I notice is, and I'm white. That, that a lot of white people say, you know, think that things are being blown out of proportion. And it's like, you haven't walked in those shoes. Like you have no idea. So how about if you just listen? And, uh, you know, I like this discovery idea. I like getting educated and, you know, being, uh, you know, asking the question and being open to whatever the answer is, because the only way we're going to be able to move forward from this and heal that you yep. know this country
2: yes so yeah spend a lot of time educating yourself we're reading a couple different books right now we we just started white fragility here at um civility partners so we're kind of doing a, a book club with my team we're going to read a couple chapters and then talk and then read a couple chapters and talk um so you know just yeah listen yeah, that's a great the, idea it's, uh, I'm excited to to dive into this book and see, um, I, I know it's gonna be hard to read, but we need to read it. I um, yeah. just, while, while I have, I'll just wanna say one other thing about the all lives matter when people say, well, all lives matter, and I've been seeing that show up in my Facebook feed. Um, here's a good analogy for why that doesn't work. And so I just wanted to share it because I thought right. it was pretty brilliant. If uh, your friend calls you up and says, my child died, and I'm inviting you to a funeral, you would not say, well, all children matter. So I'm not coming to the funeral. Because yes, all children matter. But in that moment, then your friend needs you and your support. And I think that's a, a good metaphor or analogy yeah. is that um, you know when people say all our black lives matter, we're not saying other lives right. don't matter. We're just saying right now black people need some tender loving care. Um, and we need to focus on them. So just want to And they to be haven't sure been that.
1: treated like their lives matter and white people have. So Exactly. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can feel myself getting no angry. No, I'm just telling
1: you it makes me just
2: oh what a just
1: you know, okay, I have to take a deep (laughs) breath, (laughs) oh my gosh, what a world, so, oh my gosh, Catherine, I have so enjoyed this conversation, and, and think, you know, the information that you shared is so incredibly valuable. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you, and your books, and, and what you've got going on, please?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I'm all over the internet. So you can Google my name. Uh, We're at civilitypartners.com. We also have an ebook around reopening with employee needs and culture in mind. If you'd like the ebook, head over to our our website, and get on our e-newsletter, and you'll get it. Um, So there's a lot more information in there, too. So civilitypartners.com, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, Send me a carrier pigeon or a fax, whatever works.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She will get it. Oh, that's so great. Thank you for that. And listeners, thank you. You know, these are important conversations. We have to be able to have them. As leaders, we have to be able to Um, convene these conversations, and um, as Catherine said, uh, create a safe space for emotion in our businesses, because our businesses are people, you know, they are about people, it's the people that are making them work, and, uh, you know, respecting that, and having those conversations will go a long way to improving your results and your success moving forward. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. Get a free trial and explore all of the audiobooks and audio programs available to you by going to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.
2: Every family vacation, my kids break into the can-can. Can we go to the theme park? Can we go to a ball game? Can we get snacks? It can get expensive. But at Red Roof, we get a great price on clean, comfortable rooms and wake up rested and ready to hit the road again. This summer, when we rest and repeat at Red Roof, staying two separate times can earn us a free night. Plus, ready reward members can save up to 20% with exclusive rates. Book at I mean.com.
0: I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl a afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all.